0: You're listening to the Mindfulpreneur Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs who are in the early stages of building their brands, learn how to leverage their brand for business growth. My name's Alyssa Zwanek, and over the last five years, I've supported over 150 businesses build, launch, and grow their brands through my agency, Nomad Creative. My mission is simple. I want to empower people like you to fuel your brand's growth through marketing, branding, and social media initiatives. And I'm going to do that by sharing strategic, actionable steps and the stories of others who have successfully done just that. Join me weekly so I can help you take your brand to the next level. Welcome to the Mindfulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Zwana. Let's get into it. This week's guest is Taylor Russett, a multi award-winning business owner who shares his story on how he established three thriving businesses by his early 20s. Taylor divulges specifics about the strategies he's implemented to build and grow his businesses in a challenging post-pandemic economy, by the way with a strong focus on community building, volunteering, and networking. Being 24 years old, Taylor is living proof that you can never be too young to achieve incredible success. If you're a business owner or young entrepreneur looking to build a business or launch a brand in today's economy, we definitely share some tips on how to do that, how to build those connections and relationships in your community. It's so much about that. So stay tuned and let us know what you think. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs. You have three businesses at this point, right? So that's pretty insane. And I did want to say congratulations too, because you, my friend, have three awards on your belt in the last two years, which is pretty insane. The top 30 under 30 Canadian tourism, which was last year, right? Young entrepreneur of the year. And then this year, new business of the year for the grind and Vine. So clap, clap, clap.
1: <laughs> it, it has been a, a whirlwind. I feel like my feet are on fire. I'm running around and then just sometimes these amazing things come about. Um, it, it makes it easy because I love what I do. Right. Yeah. And I know that's the cheesy cliche saying, but uh, it makes those like accolades um, very exciting because it's uh, the community sees the hard work that we put into our cafe as well.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So you have the cafe, which is the grinding vine. Then you have Set Photography, which is basically like a personal photography business. Right. And then Snappy Photo yes. Co, which is like a pop-up um, photo booth. Right. That's how I, how I would call it. A photo yeah. Booth.
1: Yeah. For like festivals, events, weddings, all that jazz. Yeah. Like, it was just like a grade eight prom yesterday. And it was like the cutest thing. I was, as I was checking these pictures, like, I wish I had a photo booth when I was that age because we, we just, I don't know, the, to see the youth innocence of taking a picture was so cute. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it usually goes to like corporate events, right? That's it.
0: But I mean, you're saying youth, but like, aren't you in your (laughs) twenties?
1: Yeah, true. You're like, I am am also youth. (laughs) I am. I am the youth. Yes. <laughs>
0: oh, I mean, I'm right there with you. I just turned 30, but um, it, it's always fun to connect with someone else who started and being an entrepreneur in their 20s. It's definitely not uh, an easy task, and it does take a lot of strength no. and courage to kind of battle through a lot of the challenges that come our way. And I mean. I guess age doesn't necessarily have too much to do with it because whether you're in your twenties, thirties, or sixties, like sure life experience might be on your side, but I think a lot of running a business has to do with experience within building and running a business.
1: Wouldn't you agree? Very much so. And I feel like for me, it's become like a very big part of my identity and Figuring Mm -hmm. out your identity is very much that age between like 20 and I'm going to say 30 of figuring out who you, who you want to spend a lot of time with, um, your interests, your hobbies, like your career, those types of things. So it's been very interesting for me to experience that, uh, transition of finding my identity, but also running my business and and trying to correlate that my identity is not my business, Mm -hmm. but that I have an identity outside of both companies. Right. right? Which is actually
0: really hard because I feel like you connect so much with your business. Like so much of your business is like your life and your livelihood. I feel like it's different when you have a job and you could come home and tune out, like your business is always kind of on your mind. And like if anything happens, it's your responsibility to like figure shit out. (sighs) So I feel like there's definitely a difference there, but um, to kind of like go back on your age. So you're 24 now, which means you started being an entrepreneur in what, like 21,
1: 22? When I was 17, actually, I started my photography company. Actually. Yeah. And it was a government grant that actually started the company uh, called Summer uh, Summer Company Canada, I think. And so it was between the ages of 16 and 30, people can start a business uh, that they give you a a grant, a a small portion in today's world. Um, And I bought, my camera essentially off that grant and, uh, went into business and I started begging people to take their family pictures. I said, I would never do <laughs> weddings. And here we are, all I shoot is weddings. So, you know, that that's what goes through your that's head. That's <laughs> too
0: funny. But like, would you say your main bread and butter is your cafe, the grinded vine?
1: Very much so. So my, my passion, my hobby, um, that's also a, a great company is my photography. Um, it ignites that creativity, probably that flame that you have when you create for brands Mm -hmm. and and you market that creativity that comes out in you. That's what comes out in Russet photography for my job. I do the grind and vine, um, and the, the, uh, managing of employees, uh, the, the marketing, the constant email lists, the uh, talking to vendors, those kinds of things. That's my career essentially. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's kind of the toy between the two.
0: And then how did Snappy Photo come to be? That's more recent, right? That,
1: yes. That was like a fever dream. I'm going to call it. <laughs> um, I went to a wedding in Toronto and uh, they had this awesome photo booth that was out on location. And I got talking to the photo booth owner and I was like, Hey, like, how popular is this thing? Like, do you, do you love it? And he's like, yeah, like I take it to my, like my own parties. Like I take it to like my Christmas parties and then it goes out every single weekend. And I was like, for the price of it, I was like, it's too, it's, it's too good not to have it. Cause personally, I wanted to take it to my friend's events, yeah. my friend's weddings. A lot of my friends are getting married um, the past two years and and going forward. So it's my nice little gift as well that I gift photo booth services to my family and friends that are getting married as well. So it's just a kind of little fun pocket pocket business I call it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. How much was it to buy that photo booth? Because I saw it at the there was a, a business awards here locally in Quinney West, and it was basically like a little pop up thing. But it did a great job. Like the the lighting was good, the pictures came out nice, and it just like, texts it to you. So there's like you don't have to worry about paying for printing and and paper, and you literally just yeah. plug it in. It's crazy.
1: Yes. And so it's about like five grand, I guess, in like a startup cost. And yeah. then you have your ongoing software fees, I guess, but it's just a p- plug and play. So no matter what yeah. event I custom design the marketing and the branding towards it, and then say it's like a lot of companies use it in California for like a brand launch, right? So they'll have a photo booth at their brand launch and then have all those medias uh, of their of their attendance, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say kind of like coming back? So we spoke about the fact that you won all these awards. Amazing. Do you feel like that has helped you at all in any way, like leverage your business and and grow it? Or do you feel like it's just like a cool accolade to have? Because it's, it, it can go one of two ways. So I'm curious to know, like, is this something that you're trying to leverage? Or is it really just like a badge of honor at
1: this point? Yeah, I think it does. uh, It does leverage. I think being young and getting these awards definitely shows um, your valid uh, stance in the business community. It's very hard as a young entrepreneur to kind of uh, assert that uh, you know what you're doing, essentially. Um, You'll always kind of be a little bit undermined uh, because of your age. And so these accolades do pose as a badge of honor, like a badge of like knowledge yeah. that you've, you've reached this, this point that um, you've achieved that certain level of, uh, of business essentially. Yeah. But also it, it truly powers me to even do more. Right. So these, these accolades like have been like very, um, I've been very honored to be able to get top 30 under 30 in Canada, tourist businesses and young entrepreneur of the year, new business of the year. It just, it, 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 it like blows my yeah. <laughs> mind that those awards were um, it, that are in my pocket today, but it, it's, it's at this age of 24 right now that those are what are in front of me. What can I push towards in the future? What, where can I leverage these um, to either purchase another business or to grow to another store or um, transfer careers? What, what does it look like for my personal uh, brand essentially,
0: yeah, for sure. It's it's something that you can pull from and lean on. You have that kind of recognition and almost like authority in the space. Like people recognize the fact that you're doing amazing things, and it's 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 challenging to stand out, even even if it's just in like a smaller town. Like it doesn't really matter the fact that number one, I think that your your businesses, especially the one that one that won, right? It's around the grind and vine, which has only been around for a few years. Correct. Whereas there have been businesses that have been here for like 10, 15, 20 years that like, nothing to them but like they they've never won anything you know so the fact that you were able to achieve that in such a short amount of time given your age i think like that's all stacked one on top of the other is what really is impressive and like someone like me who's just kind of like recently come into the community i feel like all of your like up and up and all of your awards that you've received have been in the time frame of me coming and living in this queen west area and it's been so cool and fun to see because like who who doesn't want to see others like succeed and knowing that you're so young like that's where I connected with you more than anything. So you're mm-hmm. inspiring me. I want you to know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I just love getting dressed up, truly, for these occasions. Like, you know, I love any occasion to go smooth to to mingle to network with people, and I think you are you're very similar. You're such an extrovert, like in those environments. I thrive on networking mm-hmm. and I just like all, the events that come out of these award ceremonies, like the QBAAs or um, the Tourism Association of Canada. I get to network with like over 300 individuals in one mm-hmm. night, which for me is gold. Like, that is my prime night. I would, <laughs> if you were to take me on a date, take me to a networking event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like they can be great, but they can also be overwhelming. I guess, what's your strategy when you go to these networking events? Because I think when I first started, I was very focused on like, I want to give the business card and make sure they know who I am and make that connection and try and sell the business. But as the years have gone on, I've kind of changed that. And I'm like, it's more just about like the relationship and the connection and like, not necessarily about like signing a contract within the next month kind of thing, but just building yeah. that trust and that rapport with people in the community. So that down the line, I'm maybe the first person that they think of when they need any support in like branding, marketing, website, or social, is that kind of your approach to like your business is. Different, so I'm curious to know what you do,
1: and and that's very much it. Because for me, I don't know what services they're going to need. I have three companies. I also sit on a board of directors for Mm -hmm. Trendval. I have a lot of different hats that I wear, and when I go into these networking events, I never know which hat I'm going to put on. So I present myself as a person, and I present my energy, being very enthusiastic about the things that other people are interested in. So then we can connect on those things. So that that's kind of where I approach a networking event is I just want to meet people and see what they're passionate about, why they came to the event, that kind of thing, just creating a discussion. Um, The one hardest thing I have to, to, to focus on in a networking event is a lot of people know me (laughs) and they'll come up and be like, Hey Taylor, great to see you at this event. And I'm like, (sighs) No, I can't can't remember names. (laughs) Names are the worst for me. It's hard. Like I, I'm such a face person. I'm. I can remember somebody's face. That's the photographer in me. Like I'm very much a people's like face Mm -hmm. person. But names, they are locked away somewhere else. Yeah.
0: No, I feel you. I've been getting a little bit better for like the ones that like I. See reoccurring, but for you it's different because like running a cafe, people are coming in and out, and you you probably have regulars that you recognize. But the few that maybe met you once or twice in the span of like twelve months think they know you. Also because it's such a small community, and like you have your face online, like people feel like they know you more than the other way around. It's kind of like an influencer if you think about it, you know, because like they're they're out there, people are following them, looking at them. They you feel like you know them, but they have no idea who you are, (laughs) you know. So. it's it's kind of like that and it's like a fine line because you don't want to be rude either and be like yeah how do I know you sorry who are you but I mean that's where my husband comes in for me at least (laughs) because I could be like oh this is my husband Ryan and then like he'll shake his hand and like get the name if I don't have it so strategy go with a partner
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So well, I wish that was my case for trying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be a friend, whatever. I mean, for the most part, I'm honestly, I'm there alone anyway, but like for the big things um, he'll come, which is nice. Um, anyways, let's get back to the biz. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, sorry. No, don't be sorry at all. So, you know given given all of this like background, we obviously have come to the conclusion that you are an impressive person, so I want to know what is it that you can share with us and the listeners some tangible advice on either like strategies uh, or or techniques or whatever you use to help kind of build your brand and to be as successful as you have been
1: over the last few years um Probably the biggest thing is support systems um mm. and and that whether that be family, friends, a business, uh like a co-business partner, or um creating that network around you that acts as a pillow to reinforce your ideas is probably the the strongest um power to enable you to do something. Um I would not have been able to start the cafe without my landlord that believes in me without my parents, who I had to really sell on a business plan to start. Um, <laughs> right, because you were so young, sister. you really mm-hmm. had to
0: rely on your parents, which is interesting. Not everyone is in that situation. I was
1: living, yeah. I was living at home in their basement. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, so like, I know I'm not paying rent, but can I go pay rent for a cafe? <laughs> and that that's where, um, like, my hard sell came mm-hmm. in. And yes, they were very... Uh, they were very harsh on the first standpoint of like, Oh, do you really want to own a cafe? And, and is that where you want to go? But that challenged me to look further and look harder and to really think through that opportunity before I stepped in front mm-hmm. of it. Right. Um, and us as entrepreneurs, were are very, uh, very much known for putting the cart before the horse and, and kind of running at something full speed and, creating that pillow of people around you that enforce those ideas helps to bounce those ideas off of really make sure that when you do put the, the cart before uh, the cart going, that, uh, you're doing it with the, the proper, um, the proper thought essentially. So, um, uh, like my landlord, he's a mentor to me. Uh, I think he's one of the biggest uh, influences in my business career. Oh, cool. Um, but that's because i'm I'm able to go to him with questions um that i I've had along the way, so when it was starting, I was like, "I don't know how this coffee machine like it works like uh, I've never used an espresso machine, and he's like, "Okay, this is my guy. this is who you talk to and um and, and learn from him." Right, so it's those people that empower you to create that that network essentially,
0: yeah, for sure. Having a support system is amazing, and in terms of like building your brand and that brand awareness, you essentially start from nothing so what is what does the journey look like from three years ago to now to you know opening up this place, not knowing how to even you use, use the coffee machine to now winning awards, like how did you get there?
1: I relied on people, I think is the biggest thing and 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 giving up your personal control and believing in the people that you put the the power into. So I hired three amazing staff when I started the cafe, which knew what they were doing. Like who knew coffee, who knew wine. And we started there. Which that base knowledge, um, I didn't know anything about coffee um, or wine. So I hired it out. Um, which can be hard for business owners to think of outsourcing or... Um, or those aspects of their business, because they want to hold the control, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I had to learn that I was not the type of business owner that could hold all that control. I had to trust the people that were experts to bring that knowledge into my company, to bring that the best coffee beans in the Bay of Quinney area, I would say, between the Toronto Ottawa corridor into my building, right? Mm -hmm. I had to trust the people that knew coffee, to do that.
0: I would almost say you have like a leg up in that sense though, because I think a big mistake that entrepreneurs do in the beginning or not necessarily a mistake, but what holds them back is by trying to do everything themselves and not letting go or not delegating on the tasks that they're maybe not the experts on. And every single freaking business book that I've read, that's, that's what it says to do. Right. And that's what I've eventually grown to do with my business. But in the beginning I did it all. And now that I have other people to support me who are the experts who know what they're doing, it's like such a weight off. It's like leave the, the, the stuff to the experts, right? Like if, if that's not your forte, why spend your time and energy on it? So the fact that you did that from the beginning already, it's like, you know, you're saying it's hard for entrepreneurs to let go of that control. You almost practice that from day one, which is pretty honorable because like you said it's not easy to let go of some kind of concept or idea and typically entrepreneurs or people who start businesses um they call themselves entrepreneurs but they're actually the people doing the tasks which means it's just like
1: you're, correct. you're
0: doing a job
1: right yeah correct and and i've always tried to tell people like people go oh i i didn't see you in the cafe or i haven't seen you in the cafe a lot or and i'm like that i didn't open the cafe to be a barista I opened the cafe to be the grind and vine, to power it in how it needs to be powered, to go to these community events, to network within the individuals, to work on new product lines, to go visit my coffee roaster and like develop a, a special bean. You know, that is why I became the the head of the grind and vine. I didn't become a barista at the grind and vine. And that there's a there's a very different um type of business owner that I've tried to differentiate myself um smaller communities I would say like uh like in our Bay of Quinty area are known to be a doer type of um entrepreneurship and I've been trying to like translate away from that essentially and 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 create this uh like uh, uh, like an inspiring business model essentially I inspire my company to do amazing things and that's what um, like my team is very high functioning, uh, group of women and men that, uh, truly make my company better. So I trust the people that are on my team. Well,
0: that's how, that's how you grow a business period. Like you cannot have a company scale in any which way or expand or be involved in multiple initiatives. If you're the one doing every single task, right? Like, that's yep. that's that's the definition of like making sure that you have the proper processes and systems and people and support and expertise in place in order to be able to take your business to the next level. And I think that that's where people typically lack is like having all of those elements in place before being able to take that jump. So the fact that you did that from the beginning, you're like, I'm chilling, like you're you're not like basically working in your business you're working on your business and it shows because like you said it sounds like you're you're really involved in the community too and so it sounds like that's something that really helped you kind of build that brand awareness is that you didn't just like sit back and wait for people to come and get a coffee but you engaged you went to pitch to other companies to interact to go to their events etc was there anything else like that that really helped get your name in front of other people aside from obviously having an an incredible team to back
1: you? I definitely, the incredible team helps. Um, One thing I'm going to say about the incredible team is sometimes they're a little too good. And over the past (laughs) three years, four of them have started their own businesses. So, you know, that, that inspiring atmosphere creates to put them on the path of where they want to go. Because for me, I know that, uh, a barista is not a career move. it's not right. something that somebody's going to be in for ten to fifteen years. I have them for a year, two years It's a transition job right mm-hmm. and that is that's a part of knowing as an employer that it's a transition job. I want to empower them to to move further but also i'm going to segue this into uh, my community is I want to empower people to do what they want to do, and I feel like that's what my space um has become uh in the past 3 years is you walk in whether it be two uh, two people that are connecting for the past 20 years they haven't seen each other they're meeting for coffee um after the pandemic that was a big story after the pandemic was like people meeting back up and and talking my space became a meeting place whether it was for a business venture was it for meeting a friend for coffee um i've had people bring their newborns in and there's like a moms group you know It's become a meeting space and it means more than just coffee or wine. It's the community aspect. And I think that is what powers it is for us, our product and service or our uh, value proposition to a customer isn't the coffee or wine or anything that we serve behind the counter. It's the space that we physically hold. Mm -hmm. The space and the
0: experience. Do you feel like, because you mentioned that the pandemic and people wanting to get together afterwards, do you feel like the timing of your opening impacted any kind of momentum for your growth?
1: Very much so. I bought it in the second wave of the pandemic, so probably the hardest hitting time of the pandemic. And I would not have been able to afford to open a business in uh, the market before the pandemic. Um, essentially, I wasn't even looking at owning a cafe. Uh, I was in a totally different career path. I was in a political science a minor, communications, mm. and media studies in Ottawa. I worked on Parliament Hill and what drew like drew me to the cafe was I was able to start this venture of uh, being an entrepreneurship a lot earlier with a lot of barriers reduced. And that environment allowed me to kind of mold the cafe into something that I knew the community needed at a time that was pretty rough for a lot of people mental health wise. Um, the community didn't have that, uh, the community, uh, I'm, I can't even think of the word, uh, like the, they were lacking that, like, that culture yeah. of community. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to bring that cafe and market it and, and, uh, kind of develop the services around what the community was looking for at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. When you mentioned barriers at the time, what barriers are you referring to?
1: Yeah. So the barriers that I'm referring to is the cost. Like, to, to buy every chair and table in my building would be, uh, and and to buy the espresso machine would be a very expensive renovation cost. And for me, thankfully during the pandemic, uh, a lot of businesses were going under, Mm -hmm. um, and were liquidating their assets at a, um, at a very low rate. So I was able to purchase a lot of restaurant equipment, a lot of brand new equipment from places in Toronto, Montreal, um, from these high luxury brands in, in the cafe industry and bring them into my space at a very reduced price. So oh, yeah, I was so able smart. to enter the industry. Yeah. At a, at a, at the right time in the right place. Um, and, and a lot of people in my mentorship, like I, I do uh, business connect Quinty and in my mentorship, people go, so how do you recreate this? Like if I was to do this tomorrow, how would you, how would you start a cafe? And I said, the circumstances of everybody's start is very different and uh, there's not a cookie cutter or a step-by-step guide that can tell you how to take that first step. And uh, for me, it was the people I knew the network that I created and that perfect market situation, which didn't seem so perfect at the time, but now you look back and it is. Yeah,
0: but that's it. I mean, they say that anytime there, there's a shift in the market, even though it seems like, like, it's down, there's room and there's opportunity. And it's those who kind of seize and take advantage of that downtime are really the ones that are going to thrive. I know an entrepreneur, I would honestly say he's like a freaking serial entrepreneur in Montreal, who way back when I would do like I was a hostess, and I was a a co check girl at these like supper clubs when I was like 18, 19 years old. And this guy gave me and my sister jobs. And now he owns multiple exquisite restaurants all around montreal and they're like vegas inspired like incredible food Mm. and like chefs basically like let's say it was like thai food like the chefs were from thailand you know and like everything is to the nines the decor the design the food the atmosphere the music it's like he's so detail oriented and if i were to name you like a list of the restaurants that he's built out which i'm going to try and get him on the podcast one day by the way (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. It's, yes. I'll be listening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's just so inspiring what he's done, and he grew up, you know, with. A mom who could barely afford to feed him that he relied on going to you know churches to get meals and stuff so literally came from nothing and has built this crazy empire has two kids a wife and multiple businesses with tons of partners um does tons of like charitable work and he took advantage the whole point of why i'm mentioning this is that he took advantage during the pandemic when everyone was freaking out and selling and closing he was growing he was building he's like i'm gonna take advantage you know what everything is closed perfect let's renovate let's build let's expand you know and so Obviously there's there's a bit of fear and risk involved in those times because you can't necessarily predict the future but if you're someone that thinks ahead you I guess are hopeful and you do anticipate that there will eventually be an, a rise to the fall um and so if you if you have the means and you can take advantage in that time which is you know something like you did you reap the benefits so that's really cool i had no idea that you had gone and like gotten all these liquidated assets it makes so much sense like you said you were just listening to the times and reacting accordingly. So cool. Good job.
1: (laughs) And being an entrepreneur too, like you're like, if you ask, if you read any book, if you ask career counselors, they will be like the one trait that a business person has or entrepreneurial um, uh, person has is, are you risk adverse? Mm -hmm. Do you look for risk and do you look, uh, do you handle risk very well? Um, And, and I feel like, That translated in that situation, and I feel like that's one trait that I would say everybody I meet at a uh, business networking event is very risk adverse. They know um, the risk of entering a business and the times that are ahead right now, like an economic slowdown, um, that kind of thing. We know that's happening. But we look at it in a different lens. We look at it, how can we change and involve Mm -hmm. our business? How do we innovate our product that it reaches the customer at this certain time?
0: Yeah. So from an investment standpoint, what did that look like? What was the initial investment to get all of the equipment, do the renovation, and basically like up to the point where you had, you served your first cup of coffee? You know, what did that investment look like? And how long did it take
1: you before becoming profitable? Uh, Yeah, so good question. Uh I would say for me, it was about like uh seventy or eighty thousand dollars in 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 actual cost of of goods uh we added a whole new patio uh which was a big bulk of that um but also at that time, we got to uh capitalize on a lot of government funding for um tourist experiences. So the patio was a collaboration with the city of Quinney West that allowed us to use the space lease-free, which would normally be an upfront cost of about $3,500, which we got to save and invest that further into our community and into that space, right? Mm-hmm. So the it even further shows you the, the cost breakdown of, I did invest a large amount of money into the cafe, um, which $80,000 at 20 years of age. Um that's probably more student debt that I had at the time uh, than I did in my actual pocket. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I leveraged every piece of penny that I've saved from when I was a child, which I come from a family that um, is very, I would say financially savvy. My, my mom and dad, my grandparents, um, they, they all have taught us money saving techniques or like how to, it was a very transparent family about Mm -hmm. money. Uh, And, uh, I feel like that was one of the biggest benefits of of growing up in in my family structure was we didn't shy away from talking about those big ideas of like, I wanted to go for this. I want to put this money here. Um, and that's where, um, when we, when I decided to invest in the cafe, I was projecting that after mm, three years, we would grow into the, uh, like the positive side of business. So we would just be coming up to breaking even today based on how hard the pandemic would mm-hmm. hit. But actually um, within a few months of opening, uh, we were actually had already broken even on our initial, uh, uh, investment, initial renovation costs yes. investment. And uh, we were already in the positive. So Amazing. Uh, you can make a business plan. You can financially scheme and uh, financially project how your business is going to do, but the, the market takes it in a totally different direction. And for me, it was a perfect storm of the ending of a pandemic and people wanting to, to socially gather and a brand that had kind of become a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was that perfect storm that accelerated us into that financial growth that we needed to kind of power us through essentially. So cool.
0: So cool. I love hearing about this stuff. Everyone's Everyone's story is so different, you know, and it's like, this is just like a lesson for anyone listening to pay attention to what is happening in the world and do your research, right? Lean on the people who are around you. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions questions and have people support you if that's what you need and then also just pay attention to, to the market and if there are other opportunities like you said you you leaned on government loans and to make sure that you can get things up and running which like those things are available not everyone realizes it because money obviously is a huge factor especially when opening up a physical space right a service-based industry might be different but even if you're doing like cpg or you know you're selling goods online you have a, a a product to sell, you need inventory. So, I mean, there's different ways to do yeah. it now, and drop shipping and shit. But, anyways, <laughs> point is, money is a thing. Yeah. It's a big thing. So, look at the resources out there. The government has a lot to offer, um, and banks too, I guess, right?
1: Yes, and I sit on the board of director for Trendval, which is a small business development uh, corporation for the government of Canada. Uh and that is exactly what we do. We lend to small to medium sized businesses in our catchment area of Bay of Quinty, uh Quinty West, uh all of Hastings County. Um and it is like that is where I see these smaller businesses that come to us and, and have those innovative ideas that are truly looking for what is needed in our area.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. So you mentioned TrendVal. I know um, you're involved in a lot of different things, right? You sit on the board for TrendVal, Trenton DBIA, which is like the downtown area, um, and then Gift from the Heart organization. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Like I sit on the Prince Edward County Board of Directors and like that overwhelms me. And it's not even that big of a commitment, you know, that with balancing my business, my business and the podcast, like what's What's your secret like how do you find that balance and and be able to really commit all of yourself to these many initiatives?
1: I think that's a if you ask anybody any of my friends, they'll tell you that I run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, <laughs> I'm always on my way to something else. I'm always running to something um you are catching me in my apartment. This is probably the longest I've ever been here during the day uh, <laughs> i i love to keep myself running to something. That's just who I am. Um, and, and, and keeping that to do list stacked. Uh, it keeps me energized. It keeps me uh, empowered and being on these boards kind of service my, uh, they serve a different part of my identity. So the gift from the heart oral health charity, I get to help individuals, um, that don't usually ac- access dental care in uh, Ontario and the greater canada uh and that is something that i'm very passionate about one of my biggest investments in my thanks to my parents were uh braces i have really nice <laughs> teeth um and it's a it's a source of happiness that i get from being able to help people access that same care that they deserve i like it is very expensive to go for dental care in today's um in today's society so uh, that that is one aspect selfishly as well trendval is uh, a business network it's a way to network with people that i wouldn't normally get myself in front of um i've been able to sit on a board of directors with people in the manufacturing industry in uh, accounting uh, law those are not normally people i would usually interact with in my sphere of influence and business Mm -hmm. like i'm usually in food and hospitality industry um Getting to know and to understand the complications and the the successes in their industries helps me further understand how I can succeed in my business. Essentially,
0: mm-hmm. do you ever sit in some of those meetings and then like people start talking about whether it's like accounting or governance and this and that, and you're just like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a steep learning curve in 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 uh, in the trend, especially in the trendval um, in the trendval board of directorship because yeah. there's an analogy for everything. Like everything is like down to a three letter like acronyms, um, uh,
0: acronyms,
1: acronyms. Mean? Thank you. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. So everything is an acronym, and it took me like a year to kind of be like, oh, that's what that acronym is for, and now I'm catching what's happening. And that's (laughs) a very (laughs) interesting process. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow, it's been a year. (laughs) No, I mean, I I can relate though too,
0: because for me sitting on the Prince Edward County board, this was my first board experience. Um, So I didn't really know what to expect. I was also super transparent with them. I was like, hey, like I'm here to support the community. This is what I can offer. I don't really know what what else i could support with other than the fact that i have knowledge in like marketing branding and design um and like communications so if you can leverage that for me then i can learn from you guys and then hopefully it's like the perfect storm because there is like a skills matrix that happens right like you said someone has to be like in law or in finances and then the communications aspect whatever so to have that balance on the board because we need like equal representation to have a bunch of different minds and expertise when communicating about these important topics to like best serve Serve our community so um I have to say I was definitely intimidated when I first started but at the end of the day everyone was just like super nice and super chill and like the fact that they were leaning on me as like the youngest person I'm sure you can relate like I was I think 28 when I joined the board um and uh yeah it felt kind of weird because they're all in like their 50s probably around um yeah, definitely a, a different like age difference, but I think it's also important like as young entrepreneurs to represent and it's like it's not just about like people who have like years of experience but also young entrepreneurs who are doing it right now like in the thick of it who have a totally different perspective. And I guess that's what they had seen in me. I'm sure that's what they see in you is like having that youthful perspective um and and also just being able to kind of like leverage what we know versus what they know because the generation gap is definitely a thing. <laughs>
1: Yes. And, and, and that is, that's very much it. You have a skills matrix that you want to fulfill in your board of directors. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, it's very hard to fill that board with competent, uh, with competent volunteers. Um, every single organization in our Bay of Quinte area probably does not have a full board. Um, it is very hard to find volunteer um, board of directors in today's world. Everybody has something to do. Yep. And this, it's a very busy time essentially for people that would normally volunteer their time. So a lot of these organizations, the let's say the Babel General Hospital or subsidiaries that have board of directors mm-hmm. are having a hard time find, finding volunteers. And I definitely urge like anybody in the business community or in any community that has that little extra time that wants to connect with their, their, um, community in a certain way, find an organization that kind of fulfills that void for you and join their board of directors or join a volunteer um, aspect. And it it truly makes the world a better, like makes your community a better place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know.
1: Making the world a better place. That was a very cheesy (laughs) saying that I just said.
0: (laughs) But it's, I mean, it's it's true. (laughs) It It is is
1: true.
0: Speaking of making the world a better place, what's next for you? I feel like you've already achieved so much at this age what like do you have any future plans future businesses or growth plans for your existing businesses tell me everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, for me growth is something that's a little bittersweet I guess because I grew so fast so quickly that I, I lost myself in the process I feel so um i've really worked for the past summer to re-find my identity as, as as a person as a business owner um and and work to re-establish that boundary essentially between my company and uh and myself and my employees will tell you i sometimes show up to the cafe when i'm totally unnecessarily needed and it's because it's my baby it's my like i i've Gave this thing life, yeah. right? And it's like giving it to the babysitter. And you know that babysitter will give good care, but never as good care as you would care for it mm-hmm. as well. So um, that is something that I have really been working hard on is finding new hobbies and um, ways to advance uh, myself. Um, so I t- I took up cycling this summer and I absolutely love cycling. Um, I'm an avid skier, those types of things. That's a personal growth. Yeah. For my for my business side as well, I'm always looking for new opportunities um, that may present themselves. I'm on business forums. I'm on uh, talking to other business owners about potential growth plans almost on a weekly basis, if not daily, uh, and, and seeing what opportunity is going to razz me up, which what is going to power me to reach that next level. Because um, if I'm not, that's a big thing is a lot of people take growth plans um because it's growth in front of them it's the easy path forward it's the next step it's what's expected of you um and for me that would have been a second location for the grinded mm-hmm. and for me that doesn't razz me up that doesn't power me to do something that really doesn't uh do it for me right um for me i'm looking for for something that that's gonna that to, to, to fit in my uh cookie cutter of what i want as as a next project essentially
0: yeah it makes total sense um I want to know, like you mentioned you were involved in like forums and stuff and connecting in these communities for someone who maybe doesn't have the same involvement as you in these different organizations. Like we all know, like you could join a chamber of commerce, you can go to networking events, but what about these like business forums? What advice do you have for someone who's looking to make those connections and just have an ear on the ground when it comes to the business community where they live? What's your suggestion for them?
1: One of the biggest things I'd say is like coffee chats, just asking somebody to catch up or talk about the industry. So, um, for me, it's, it's not necessarily meeting other, uh, food and hospitality industries. I meet with other realtors. I meet with people in the marketing industry. I meet with, um, hotel, um, owners, you know, I am trying to, uh, get a different opinion, essentially from my own industry. And so I'll just ask them to catch up and talk about the industry or look at, look at next steps. And then in that conversation comes out potential opportunities. Um, I've been in conversations with plenty of people that are like, Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you, why don't you buy this or, or start this? Cause I think this is a hole in the market. And I'm like, Oh well, that's an interesting proposal. Let me think about it for for a little bit. Let me let me workshop it, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets my wheels turning, right? And I, and it was somebody else's idea of where they saw me going, right? Because mm. um, a lot of us try to find that internally, but never can put put your finger on it, right? We can't see ourselves doing something when somebody else recommends it. I think. Um, it it starts your gears turning, essentially. So I, I ask for people to, to sit down and have a coffee and just chat about life. And then things come up like, hey, why don't you do that?
0: And, and where like, so sure, where do you let's, connect let's, with these people? Try. Is
1: it just like through social or people you've met before?
0: Do oh. you do like cold connections? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, just socials. Um, DMing people on Instagram is probably the best Um uh, I would say best reaction, mm-hmm. um, because everybody's on Instagram nowadays. And also the people that I'm wanting to connect with have a big influence or big um, Instagram uh, footprint, I would say. So uh, that's kind of the the demographic of of people that I'm looking to talk to, essentially, because that's the type of business owner that I am.
0: Fun. Fun, 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 fun. Okay. On the topic of advice, I always end the podcast with what I call the mindful minute. Um, so this is your opportunity to share any piece of advice, something that you've learned throughout your life so far could be business related or personal, whatever, uh, something you'd want to leave the people listening with today.
1: uh, that's a good question. What do I want to, Oh, easy. Um, like the one thing I'm going to leave with you today, Alyssa, is that you got to ignite the flame in yourself and that's got to be evident. And so one of the biggest things that like I get as a compliment is, Taylor, we see how passionate you are um, about your community or about your business. And it's easy because it it, it lights the fire underneath me. And um, if you don't have that fire lit, it's hard to convince other people to do the same. Mm. So it's hard for me to go to work to convince my employees that the fire is lit and that we need to make the bonfire bigger um, if I don't have the flame already lit in me. So I show up to my workplace every day with that fire lit, um, with that passion inside me. Um, I try to instill the same in my employees. um, And I think that's the biggest thing that I, I give to business owners. You don't have a day off. There's not a day that you can turn off. You have to wake up every day and ignite that flame in yourself and truly find that passion of why you're doing it, and um, yes, that might get lost in 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 your in your travels of of entrepreneurship. There's a lot of hard days in business, mm-hmm. but um, the the flame gets a little little smaller, but it's always lit. That's what I'll tell
0: you. Okay, I love that. I was gonna like follow up, and I was like, I don't usually follow up with these, but I was like, what happens when the flame goes out? I mean, if it's out, you're in trouble. But you're saying, you know, it might get dim, but keep it lit. I think that's a great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing. Let us know where we can find you on social media.
1: Of course, at, uh, at The Grind and Vine uh, on, on Instagram, at Russet Photography, at Snappy Photo Co. And then my personal brand is at Russet underscore, uh, at T underscore Russet is my uh, personal, uh, social media. So I'll see you guys all there. And, uh, it's been lovely to chat with you today.
0: Perfect. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for us today. We'll catch up next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, a review would be much appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs.